Welcome to this new episode of the Learn Buteyko podcast. Today we are going to address teenage years from the Buteyko perspective. We are going to discuss some of the most important issues teenagers are confronting today and how the Buteyko method can help. Would you like to know what the perspective of more than a hundred years of teaching the Buteyko method is on this crucial stage of a person's development? Well, then listen to this chapter and its really interesting segues, including a siege of Leningrad. You'll think this wouldn't have anything to do with a breathing method. Well, that is why this podcast is necessary. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did making it. Okay, so today's podcast is about teenagers. But I wanted to pick your mind on actual cases that you have been able to help with teenagers. What are the problems that they're experiencing? What are the solutions? What are the results? What's maybe uh, the history that uh, what you have seen in the last podcast? We, sp we spoke with uh, Martha and with Vladimir about their own teenage years where all those illnesses like literally didn't exist. Maybe there was one person and it was like such rarity, yeah? And, and I find this very interesting because uh, everybody's talking about how much in better health we are and actually what seems to be the case when you, when you look at the root cause of illnesses is that that's actually not true at all. Well, uh, I mean, I can say something about having watched teenagers over the years, over the decades, since I was in the early 80s. That's right. You, you are, you've been a teacher, right, Martha? Yeah. So I know for a fact that concentration level is much poorer now, level of agitation. Their core strength is very poor. Fewer of them can climb trees and ropes. Flat feet, hugely overweight, all kinds of hormonal problems. And they're very uh, sensitive emotionally, get anxious very easily. And there's a lot of conflict between them and the adult community and it's getting worse over time. What I find working with teenagers now is that they relax a lot more, they become more independent thinking, more self-contained, not so influenced by other people of their own age and they're more able to communicate with their family from you know getting stronger, physically more capable, they're not they're sleeping lots of hours in the morning, they wake up quite refreshed. They're not, because then, you know, like they're known for staying in bed in the morning and not getting up, but that actually stops after they've been practicing for a while. So they, they go through huge change and they're able to be effective adult people and quite competent and able to uh, manage themselves much more easily once they've got their maximum pauses up. That's what I've seen. You mentioned something very interesting, which is that teenagers tend to want to integrate. It's absolutely essential for them to, to have uh, this sense of belonging and they, they try to fit into the group. But at the same time, it's the age in which they, they, they have to start thinking for themselves. Yeah. So it seems it's, for some people, it might seem strange and it would be great if you could explain as to why this happened, that this has an effect on their capacity for thinking, their capacity for relationships. And how come that a breathing method can bring this about? If you breathe deeply, the level of anxiety increases hugely. They react to other people around them and they, they're, they're frightened of being different. They're frightened of having their own independent thinking. Well, as the control pause goes up, that anxiety comes off and, they, and the synapsing between, between the neurons and the brain cells improves. And they start thinking more logically and less emotionally. They don't get so overwhelmed. They're under a huge amount of pressure. Over the last few, two decades, they've put, been put under more and more pressure to follow certain formulae from schooling or demands from families. Or, and of course, that goes along with financial pressure from the, the parents. Also, the parents are exhausted. They can't really put the attention into their children. They, They'll, they'll do anything to uh, get them off their back, get them out of the house, get, get them away because they're exhausted. Because you've got families where you've got to have two 
two breadwinners in order to survive financially, whereas when I was a child there was one breadwinner and the mother was at home, or vice versa. Very interesting. One thing that caught my attention powerfully, so and it's not just to talk about the pill itself, it's like the very medicated as well. So when I when I was a teenager, that this was unheard of. Yeah, well, it changes the physiology. Um, I mean, Christopher would answer this question better than me, probably, because it, I know that it's from Buteyka's perspective, it's not a good idea to mess about with hormones. What do you What do you think, Christopher? I mean, you you can you can tell which girls are on the pill and which are not. You you might be wrong sometimes, right? But usually you'd be wrong when someone is, when you say they're not on the pill, but they are. But the ones who you say, oh, that girl's for sure on the pill, she'll be on the pill, you know. And there are some which look really good and you might say, ah, oh, maybe she's not on the pill, but she is on the pill. But the ones who look like they're on the pill, act like it, look like it. I can only say this. I hope it's not taken in the wrong way. Have you looked at, at some people and if they were a photograph or a drawing, it looks like they've been smudged a little bit. It's when you look at them, it's like they're out of focus a little bit. They're not sharp. I don't know what it is. I mean, I've mentioned a few times, there's a coffee shop, I don't know if it still exists, on Bondi Beach. And you go there, have a cup of coffee, and you can get a very good view if you get the right table. And it's a very large beach. And everybody's walking around just in their bathers, just in their swimming costumes, maybe a towel or not, hats, whatever. Everyone just walks around barefoot. And you just sit there having a coffee, and you look at the uh, passing parade. And behind you is a wall of all these photos of Bondi Beach during the different generations. 1930, 1950, 1970, you know? And then <laughs> you look at all the photos from 1930 and all the guys are like, you're like all this, you know? <laughs> and all the women, even the fat ones, have got a shape which goes like this, right? Even the fat women look like a big cello and the skinny girl look like a violin. Right? But not now. Now they look like a pear shape. Now the shape of the body is very different. Extremely different. And you look at the photo, you look at the people. You look at the photos, you look at the people. Say, it's not the same race. Not the same race. We always knew, like for example, in the Philippines, if you go to the Philippines, everybody's bow-legged. The whole country is bow-legged because of rickets. They just didn't get enough vitamin whatever, and everybody has a slightly crooked uh, knees or whatever. And in Australia, everyone was quite strong and big. And the only people who weren't big and strong were usually European immigrants, unless they were Dutch or German, in which, in which case they kind of looked even bigger and stronger than the Australians. But if they were from like UK or whatever, you always knew like pale and, oh, you know, a little bit, huh? not good, not, not in good health, not good stock, you know. And the Australians were always looking very strong uh, and uh, a heavier, heavier build. And then as the years have gone by, they've all become yard asses, big fat asses and big fat flat feet and longer and longer faces. I don't know what it is. I mean, it just, I just look, you know, and, and you look at the, from one's memory and, you know, photos and so forth, and it looks very different. When I first came to Thailand, you didn't see anyone fat. Very seldom you saw a fat person. Now it's extremely common. It, it's interesting what you mentioned this, with this image about the, about the photograph, that it looks like it's kind of blurred. Because what the, one of the things that the Buteyko method does consistently is that it changes the face of the person. It's just simply your physiology changes, so your physiognomy changes, and you get like a much more open, 
luminous expression is just a symptom of your physiology. You're, you're more alive and you come across as more alive. So what are the things that you see in, uh, in the behavior? So what are the marks of a, of a teenager having the pill? Because maybe there's a teenager who's listening and they're taking the pill and they're not even aware that something is happening in their physiology and even in their psychology. And, and, and yet you're saying, I can tell from the behavior, how they look. Well, it's to do with, it's a hormonal change. Uh, as far as I understand it, Irene, I, I, I don't know if I'm correct, but I think I understand it that the body actually is pregnant when you're on the pill. It's like the hormonal system is ruled by another external force. I had the experience of taking the pill for some weeks and I felt like I was not myself then. It was like something foreign uh, came and uh, captured my force or something ruled my body out of my, my own physiology. And this was completely um, affecting my mind and the way I, I could be myself and relax into my, my core being. That is what I can say. But it's I, perfectly understandable. If you think about yes, it, yes. You've, got, you've got this system there whose job it is, is to organize the creation of another body and to look after it and feed it and manage it. And it's quite a big job, actually. It's not a simple job. And so this is a very complicated, very big system. And then your and it's your primary role as a human being, or one of the primary roles is to reproduce. It's quite a strong mechanism. And you muck around with that. And what do you get? Well, you're going to get some, I don't know if they've got the technology, maybe they can just turn it off somewhere, like a little switch, you know, kick. No, it seems they have to uh, derail it on many levels. You go kind of dull. Yes, yes, we all agree on that. I just yeah. wanted to share my experience with a few adults that are um, adolescents which, which I worked with. And they were amazed by the results. They had very easily observed changes. Have in mind Nicola, who said, it's amazing how breathing can affect you. And I did not any more need vitamins and all these supplements that I'm taking to go to the gym and have muscles. Now I can, I can have control over my training without all the additives, you know, of, uh, taking stuff and uh, after I'm going out and I'm drinking I can be sober very easily so they liked all these hacks all these tricks of uh, taking control of their life so it's very important to um, tell them that that they're not crazy they want control and they may have it and there are tricks for that and also the the stamina they gained and we have another girl that is a, she's an athlete and she could not uh, train because she, she ha had got asthma after training. And now she, she by herself, and I congratulated her for, for that, found out the way without even doing the intermediate course with Vladimir to train while holding her breathing and she implements the, the practice in her life and she sees results immediately. So this kind when of I... role in such an early age is precious for them. When I, when I lived in Indonesia, mm. I was a drunk. I was a drunk. Yes, it's true. I went out every night, uh, the first time about five o'clock in the afternoon to watch the sunset. Then we go home. Then we go for, for dinner somewhere. Then we go back home again, have a few drinks about 10 o'clock. And then we go to clubbing and uh, parties around Kuta and so forth. And I would come home at about three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning, like drunk, most days actually. And uh, I was talking to Stalmatsky about this. And he said, you know, uh, I can give you some advice, you know, what to do and so. So I would not, I would not go to sleep when I got home. Because if you drink and sleep, it's very bad. So I would get home about three o'clock, four o'clock, sometimes even later, but usually before sunrise. And then I would stay up watching the BBC news. And then I drank coffee and watched the news on cable because we had this international cable. And I'm drinking coffee and I'm watching the news till about, 
I reckon seven o'clock in the morning. The sun is up already and I am still hanging on, right? With a very strong Balinese coffee and the news. And then I would get a bit sleepy and then I would sleep like beautiful for three hours, wake up, no hangover, go for a walk down the beach, have breakfast, do this, do that, everything is fine. And I knew at about two o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going down a little bit. A little nap for another two hours, no hangover. All my friends that I was drinking with last night, they all dead. So I had two groups of friends, my nighttime friends and my daytime friends, and they never met each other because one lot are recreational drug-free alcoholic creatures and the other group normal people, family people, and so forth. And nobody knew that uh, I would visit people. I even did workshops. <laughs> they don't know that I'm in four o'clock in the morning. Marta, Marta, you should talk about that. So I came workshop for alcoholics. You would like to live longer? You would like to enjoy alcohol? Yeah, go see, follow Buteyka method. <laughs> because so how Christopher described, it's like happy it's life. For... Is, it, is it true or not, Vladimir? It's true, true. You had a double life. Yeah. Double life. Yes. But happy. Vladimir was talking about the other day that some of the treatments of Buteyko in, in uh, near Chernobyl, where you were, like actually implied the drinking of a little bit of alcohol so alcohol actually calms your breathing makes your breathing shallow the problem is yes, yes it does it yeah. does it does it's it's the and, rebound and, effect that you've got to watch sorry Vladimir. yeah yeah yes, that's right at the same time they when so complicated okay chains okay with bad stuff immune system can't see break apart alcohol can help immune system to break apart then to, to break uh, into small parts, okay? Yes, big poison. Buteka said, what? You can drink a little bit of alcohol and then you should do practice. <laughs> People, when they were scared with radiation, they, they did, they could do. Because they were scared of death. That's very good to assist uh, yes. stimulation. If you, if you get to master that, it could actually be of some help for in some cases. That's it. That's very interesting. What Buteka said uh, opposite to Western okay habit, because he said if you like to be drunk or you should drink alcohol, right? No eat, no food, no eating. When you stop, when you're hungry, you should stop drinking and start eating. You should not mix up, okay? What he said. Unfortunately, for Western people. It's a bit unusual way, to my knowledge. Yeah, the advice is always not to drink on an empty stomach, right? Yes, it's bad advice, what? <laughs> according to Buteyko. So Buteyko's take was actually the opposite. That's interesting. That works for me either in the evening, if I'm going to have a glass of wine, I drink it on its own. And then just, to, I got this from Vladimir. At a certain point, I actually feel peckish. I feel hungry. And I just think, okay, that's when I go and make some food. And then I go to bed, and then of course I wait a couple of hours and go to bed. I'm completely sober. That pr that process works. If you do it the other way around, have a meal, drink on top. You feel bloated. You feel heavy. You go to bed drunk. You know, it, it's definitely the way around. Vladimir taught me, and I've I've done it ever since for years. One glass of wine, have a, have a meal, wait, go to bed. And, and back in old days, yes, back in old days, how are we, even now see some. People okay, in countryside, they follow this instruction du during wedding, etc. During some celebration, they drink, then after they dance, eat a bit, dance, sing, drink, dance. Again, physical exercise. They do physical exercise, okay? That's one of the problems that we're finding with teenagers is that they're not so physically active. If you go around the swimming pools and look at the bodies, these days, and you get a lot of them from Australia here, is that they're very bloated. The tissue is weak. It's kind of translucent. And you can see the, the blood vessels on the surface. You have stretch marks 
you know, young men, teenagers with stretch marks. Yeah, it, there seems to be a push into the extremes, right? Because what you're describing is like a generalized sort of decay in the health of the of the teenagers, but also they they put they are pushed to the extremes. I mean, you just mentioned this extreme exercise is promoted. I guess the point I want to make is like, ex for on the one hand, extreme exercise is promoted, but on the other hand, the general fitness of the teenager seems to be actually down. Well, you, you see it here, because I'm, I'm just next to a playing field here. You either see your, your fat kids who can't really move, or you see the lads that go bodybuilding and taking steroids. And they've got these bodies with completely unnatural muscles. And they may be slim, and they're packed out with a kind of musculature that you would never see in nature. What you're not seeing is the kids I grew up with who weren't fat, but they, they didn't also look like a Marvel comic character. And so what you're talking about there is just for the, 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 uh, for, for the movies, for, for, for TV shows, they want to sort of promote this extreme human being. But that's what I see here. You're either extremely unhealthy or extreme in another way that's unhealthy. But there's no one just normal with a normal musculature, with a normal weight, and therefore a normal brain. Well, they've got scoliosis and flat feet, a lot of them. And you mentioned about women and the pill. I noticed with my nieces, this, may, this is just anecdotal, but when they went on the pill, they got fat asses, fat thighs and big tits. Yeah, but there's some sort of mimicry of pregnancy. You know, it's like in some way the body behaves as if it's pregnant. They're, they're not, they're not it's, it's a disaster. It really, you know, it, it, it's not healthy because you're doing something so, you know, dramatic, having such a big effect on the body. This is not a small effect. That's what it is. You know, it's something really, really major. And these, I mean, steroid, corticosteroid and all the other steroids and so forth, they've got books on them and they've got experts on them. It's a big subject and a lot of experts. Truth is, no one has a clue. They're not having a clue about this. It's so complicated, right? There's some egghead somewhere in the world who has a good grasp on it. He hasn't got any patience. He, he has no influence over the treatment system of the world. He might have some understanding of how this is working. But what, what we have delivering treatment and dealing with this, not a clue. You're talking about the um, foods that young men take to do bodybuilding. Oh, anything, anything you're messing around with the hormones, you really are, I mean, taking prednisone, prednisolone, it's probably the only solution in many situations that we know of or they can give the help or whatever. But above and beyond that, you muck, when you muck around with the arcade, it's like a Patek Philippe watch, you know? It's not a Timex. You cannot give it to your car mechanic where he get a big screwdriver and try and fix it. This is very, very fine engineering on a scale which is not many people understand. And they don't comprehend it. Never mind know what to do to improve the situation. That they have no clue. But how to even maneuver it without causing some horrible uh, after effects and un... Uh, what, do we, what do you call them? Um, unintended consequences. Oh, and they're yes, not simple. Yes. I just was curious. I watched about recommendation for bodybuilders for some training, okay? No, people who take competition, take a part in competitions, okay? Lifting some weight or whatever. No, you know this. Many, many. And I, I checked recommendation. It is bullshit, I'm sorry. Okay. Every coach, every coach said see not uh, real stuff from physiology what i read okay i read maybe 100 it's true devices it's true it's true what the hell true. they rely on some details what is relevant to health to how to build muscles yeah what vladimir is referring to is the artistic side of bodybuilding which is an art if you're into that art that's one thing if you're into strength, it's a completely different story. You know, you have one car, which is because you want to pose off and the car is very fancy. 
but it's not a strong car. It just looks really good, you know. And that's the bodybuilding, and I'm not for it or against it. Some people have a naturally a beautiful body. They can do something with it even better. Fine, I don't, I don't care. But that technology is a different technology to the technology of making somebody very strong. They are two different things. And the bodybuilder looks very strong, but it's his appearance. They destroy usually liver, kidneys, all right? Because again, what we discussed already, liver, she has certain capacity. Right. So we have, we have teenagers who won't do any exercise and, you know, they're, they're a mess. We have teenagers who will do the extremes of exercise or want to look really good. So exercise, teenagers, you know, very important for teenagers. What would be Puteko's recommendation when you train athletes? Uh, Absolutely, yes. what, is the, what is the method around that? And without any damage to, to their health, you see? Because if they don't understand, they don't know a gist or physiology or how to build muscles without any damage, might fail, might you see, develop some chronic disorders when they quit sport. Yes, okay. because the, the, so the common knowledge uh, seems to be that building muscle comes from destruction, right? So you, you, you do exercise. You lift weights, and that that brings stress and brings a destruction of the tissue. But then it, the repair is what builds the muscle further. So, what will be the connection uh, on working on strength with the Putego method or any sports really? How is that dynamic changed that makes it healthier? Yes, they understood already. What, for example, if they do some exercise for strength, like lifting some weight, okay. They alternate these exercises with aerobic exercises, like walking around. They understood already. They grasp something. Not everything, but something. But what I read about their food is disaster. And of course, they don't know about drink at all. They use some sort of references to some details what are irrelevant, okay? Again, they don't get this gist. How to build, build muscles quicker. I'm talking about strength. How to improve strength. I'm not talking about muscles. Because uh, to get stronger tendons, you, see get, you will get more strength than if you build muscles. That's tendons right. more important than muscles. Yes. Well, they don't know. Maybe somebody. But I, 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 I never found. And at the same time about food, because, oh, many diets, nuts, okay, some lemon, no, some, some of them, of course, good, but combination, like honey, lemon, nuts, oh, bloody hell. And they just follow instructions. Who wrote instructions? I don't know. Just as historically follow these instructions, okay? What Sorry, you... when I was young, I could eat everything, all right? I was doing some physical exercise. It didn't matter for me. Okay, because we all know if somebody trained himself or herself, right? Say eight hours a day, doesn't matter about food because every bad stuff will be burned. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. uh, or some sort of get out with uh, due to bowels movement because so big amount of carbon dioxide due because to physical. Active, because you're so physically active that you're yes. carbon dioxide, so your systems all work. Yes, it can fix it everything. Your system can fix it everything. Can repair it. Of course, I'm not talking about breathing through the mouth. <laughs> of course. When I was training my son who was playing roller hockey, he was playing, he was playing inline hockey, uh, he had a problem with his diaphragm because inline hockey is very fast and they mouth breathe and they go on the rink and they do, they get a few minutes and it's, it's a fast spurt and then they come off, they recover and then they go on again. They go on in lines of five. Yes. And so... I did play, yes. So their diaphragm gets tight if they mouth breathe and that's what happened yes. to my son. And yep. so he did pauses and learned how to use the rest time to recover his breath after the exertion. So the exertion was like doing maximum pause and the rest time was controlling the breath to recover 
before you go on again and that way he could manage his diaphragm and it actually gave him more energy and he could perform much better sure. and so at some point they were going to a big tournament in america the team were and his one of his team members of the team had a back problem another one was getting tired so i i i met up with them and i started training them to get them ready to go to america it didn't take long a couple of weeks and they performed extremely well they were teenagers right martha yes they were teenagers at the time they were 14 15 16 and uh, the manager was very happy with it i just sorry to interrupt you i would like to emphasize what martha is talking about it's easy to fix it she is using this method particularly for teenagers any problem easy to fix yeah it's what i was going to ask is that teenager we're talking about teenagers is uh, i mean they can recover from anything so quickly right i mean the I had I had this uh, teenager uh, student who had problems with her lungs. I mean, in two three weeks, she was like running, everything was normal, and she was feeling pretty bad, really really bad. At the beginning, she was like control post of fifteen, really struggling to do any exercise, and she was in bad shape with the lungs. In two three weeks, she was like feeling like another person. Her grandmother was in the same course with uh, with uh, COPD and of course it takes much much longer and much more work and um, but the control pose was about the same but but obviously with teenagers it's just the physiologist just shoots off and this is resolved in no time because we are we are tapping into something that is so fundamental that when it gets solved is just like no problem no yes because nature takes care of young people right immune system so strong for babies the most strong for kids no a bit less less for teenagers still strong and plus body ready to 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 any change particularly when body is growing right easy to implement anything to develop new habit okay easy for adults okay when body is stopped to see growing <laughs> difficult to change so what, what about that's... autism well that's the physical side i was going to come yeah. on to because according to you know the doctor i listened to he says because he was a specialist in autism for 40 years he says within 10 years there will be no boys born who are not autistic that's how bad it's getting so i think maybe there might be a way of, of, of offering the potato method because there are so many parents of teenagers sure. particularly boys because it it has an its testosterone has an effect in in causing um testosterone uh, causing autism but this might be something that could be offered to uh, that would be of interest to parents of autistic children for, well, for we autistic just put, children. We just put a testimony up on the YouTube channel with a mother talking about reversing autism with her four year old. Oh, great. And the earlier you get it, the better. Sure, of course. I audit, but all learning difficulties, because the, the, the incidence of learning problems, learning difficulties is on the rise. It has been over the last 20 years. It's huge. I mean, we, we hardly had, relatively speaking, when I first started teaching, we, we didn't really have learning difficulties, not like we do now. Well, it's the MMR vaccine, isn't it, a big part of it? Well, I don't know what it is, but, you know, whether hyperventilation has a lot to do with it. I heard about it, yes. yes. The MMR is toxic, so... And yes, yes but, uh, but the Because thing... back in old days, uh, no one was had, okay? No, I mean, I've seen, I've seen children being vaccinated and they start producing chronic symptoms immediately. They've got snotty nose, they get a fever, they, 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 they are suffering. I never met, okay, some boy or girl with autism back in old days when I was, okay, in Russia, no one. No, one. no there wasn't any autism. We, we, ne we never heard about this, okay? You've got the, you've got the toxic metals in it, because I've, I've listened to hours of lectures on this. There's the toxic metals in them, like mercury, which was then replaced with aluminium, which is no better. And then you've actually got the live viruses in it. They've found live measles viruses in the guts of children with autism. And then you add on the fact that they're being given three, at least three um, vaccines all in one go when they're only a few months old. So yeah, they yeah, yeah. have not developed. So then you hit them with this. So if the parents are already sick and we would say already hyperventilating and toxic, uh, but this doctor would talk mainly about the toxins and the viruses that the parents are carrying. So the child is born already on the edge 
But if you didn't give them the MMR vaccine, they'd probably be okay. But then you hit them with the MMR, bang. That's what, that's the final nail in the coffin. It's not just the MMR. And they're also finding that um, Afro-Caribbean children are more prone to autism if the MMR is given before they're three years old, for oh. some reason. And there's a huge number in London of uh, black kids with autism. And they, used, they, they tend to be very big and very difficult to manage, incredibly difficult to live with. It's a huge problem in London now. Yeah, you mentioned the other day, uh, Martha, that some parents have to even have to give up their children to some institution because they can just not cope. Yeah. There's a lot of that happening in England now. It's happening all over the world. And the parents can't cope with the situation. So, uh, I, mean, I mean, as a teacher, the incidence of uh, agitation, poor concentration, ability to think, reason, and then, of course, there's dyslexia, uh, dyspraxia, ADHD, ADD, autism. All of these things are becoming more and more common. Again, this guy was saying that some of these children are so sensitive that the only thing they can, the, the amount of stimulation they can handle is they have to sit in a darkened room with a smooth piece of wood. That's all they can handle. That's the total stimulation they can manage. Now, again, we know from that with decent carbon dioxide levels, I mean, I noticed this. When I was ill, light affected me, a, a, a noise would affect me, someone walking in the room who's speaking too loud would affect me. As soon as I raised my carbon dioxide levels, suddenly my ability to cope with external stimulus went up accordingly. Yeah, so, same here, same yeah. here. But I find in the, the children in my own family have got a very strong startle. So it doesn't, their, their nervous system is very, very sensitive. And they're easily, with any kind of stimulation, you can see that their nervous system is overexcited. So it's the excitability of the nervous system that we're up against. And that's reversed by using carbon dioxide. And with kids, we're doing physical pauses, physical steps and physical exercise is the best way to reverse it. And it doesn't take that long, makes a big difference. And uh, we've got um, great results. I mean, kids find that they, they, they can communicate much better with their families and their friends. They, can, they are more autonomous themselves. They can make their own decisions for themselves. They can uh, engage in interests, their own interests they can develop rather than being distracted by the activities of things around them, stimulus around them, they can't, quite a lot of the time, they can't actually focus on what they're interested in because there's too much going on around them that distracts them. So they don't have themselves. They, they can't actually explore their own skills because there's too much uh, pushed around because their nervous system's too hypersensitive and they get overwhelmed very, very easily. So this yeah. is all causing hyperventilation. I mean, the vaccines cause hyperventilation. The computer games cause hyperventilation. The, the disease is hyperventilation. So yes, imagine you have emotions, but you don't active at all. No physical sense, just emotions. What? Yeah. I, I've sat behind Lucas, the boy I brought up, while he's playing these games, and they're like shooting people, and they're running away from people that are shooting at them, but they're not moving. They're sat in a chair. So every natural instinct you would have in, in a war situation, which is what is being recreated on the screen, you're not able to have the physical movement that would be involved. You'd either be running as the predator or you'd be running as the prey. You would not be sitting in a chair. So well, you're making a very important point because what's being produced is adrenaline. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you need to do physical exercise to work it off. Otherwise, it becomes a poison. And, and a lot of the yes. teenagers are collecting this as a poison. Yes. What Budeka said, why stress is bad? Due to this, okay, adrenaline and sugar, excess of sugar. It should when be released. going to say, when you get a teenager that's done a lot of computer games and a lot of sitting around, has a lot of adrenaline, most of the cleansing is discharging the poison from the adrenaline. And you combine Red Bull 
and fizzy other fizzy drinks. So yeah, liquid sugar. It's just a, it's a, an atomic combination. So it doesn't yeah. take very long for them to lose their addictive mechanism. You know, because the problem is, is with this kind of nervous system, uh, the tendency is to develop addictions. And so that leads into the sugar addiction, then the food problems, and then we've got alcohol problems and drug problems that they get caught yeah. up in. Because all of these things calm the nervous system temporarily. And then blue, blue light from the screens, and then you've got modern light bulbs which which don't give you the full spectrum so again that's more stimulation more imbalance it's just and then what we're finding now amongst young people is that they're taking these drugs called benzodiazepines and they're prescription drugs they're being given out those prescriptions are being given out for insomnia and depression and they are consciousness changes and they damage the GABA receptors and so in the long term they go crazy, they go up the wall. And what we're finding is, is to get off these benzos, benzodiazepines, is worse than getting off heroin. I was just going to say, I think we had this conversation, I, I, I listened to a program on Radio 4 about five years ago, where they were actually discussing, is it even possible? It's so rare for people to be able to get off benzodiazepines. The actual topic of the radio show was, is it even possible? Because you know Jordan Peterson, he was yeah. recently on benzodiazepines and was they nearly killed him. And this is a guy who's exactly my age with a huge amount of self-discipline, and he nearly died trying to get off benzodiazepines. Mm. They are, yeah, they're lethal. They're deadly. They're lethal. And they are addictive beyond anybody's comprehension. You remember Jonathan? He that was the one thing he couldn't kick was the benzodiazepines. We got him off the opiates. We got him off everything. But he would never come off the benzodiazepine. Remember Geddes. So the, with the boys, because of the testosterone, they tend to breathe deeper. They are more prone to hyperventilation. Whereas the girls, their problems are more to do with self-image, low self-esteem and the hormonal problems. Like they have problems with their periods and menstruation. That gets sorted out in no time at all. The nervous system calms down quite quickly and um, their behaviour changes very quickly. They're, they're less needy, less demanding. Well, there's the other thing of, you know, just being able to get through without having colds and flu, without allergic reactions, with the various breathing problems that they might develop because some of the teenagers, they, they've got asthma, they've got bronchitis. Any of these chronic symptoms, there's an there's a increasing incidence of diabetes. And then there's the topic we're not supposed to talk about, there's the COVID vaccine and heart inflammation. This is a new That's danger right. for, for, for young people now. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're, they're starting with five years old, so, so imagine what that's going to do. Cool, cool. And for sportsmen, okay, what Marta mentioned, ice hockey. I read sometimes young people, teenagers, die during training. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's 103 footballers have died now. Initially, they, they had a relatively good health because, sorry, they could run so fast for long distance, all right? Well, then there's the, the thing of um, exams, exam anxiety, it's mm. really good for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Any kind of challenge, it's really good for that. And I mean, really, that's one of the problems, is that kids won't go, they won't come up against challenges because they're terrified of failing. Sure, sure, yes, that's true. And you don't learn anything unless you're challenged and make mistakes. That's a very good point. And yes, very good and big problem, by the way. It's a huge problem. Huge problem. So they can't face any exam. Yeah, carbon dioxide gives people courage. And, yes. And oh. relaxation, and it clears brain fog. So it gives Absolutely. you a clear mind. So all those three things together give you much higher performance, mentally and physically. Which I yeah, think it's very important, yes, for students, for whatever, yes. So, you know, yeah. and we're in this era where people are being congratulated for doing very small tasks, not particularly complicated. Uh, and we're really undermining the capacity of the human brain and the human body at the moment. The level of achievement is very poor compared to what it was when I started teaching. The level I was teaching was much higher than it is now in mainstream schools. 
pupils can't can't comprehend right now. But also the curriculum's being changed. They're not expected. Mm. They're not taken to those levels, and they're mm. not encouraged or. They're being protected from failure. They're being mollycoddled. They are. That's. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Being mollycoddled, that's right. Yeah. And they're being given positive feedback for very little achievements, very yes. small achievements. Or for no achievements at all. Mm. So, you know, and I, I wouldn't have congratulated my kids, the ones I taught, for the sorts of things they achieve these days. I'd be congratulating them for something significant. Yeah, I think it's very important to keep that that balance where they feel encouraged, but also they they are, they are pushed to to yeah. achieve. That. You've got to do both. You have you you encourage, you congratulate, and at the same time you move them towards the challenges. Yeah, I mean, when it comes, I mean, that kind of sense of satisfaction that you get when you are a teenager. Uh, in my case, my experience was was with sports, where I I worked really hard. I was a swimmer, and when you get a result, you get this. It's almost like this really expansive experience of of self-worth and value and it's not that you're more or less than any other human being you just have this sense that there is a reward when there is an effort yeah and 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 also you have to go through all the frustrations so you're growing up and sometimes you your, your development stops you know and you're, you're kind of stuck <laughs> and it's ridiculous girl you're you're 14 and you think like oh i'm never gonna get there and then one day you just shoot off and everything is and it's like just is incredible experience but you have to keep on keep on keep on the the training and yeah. know that there is a, a, a step further yeah it's about making the making it to the breakthrough oh i see had i met many young sportsmen who show very great result during training and they fail during competitions yeah, and that mental aspect, uh, I'm sure there's Buteco strategies that can help them too, because that doesn't sure. make sense, right? Uh, uh, I've known that too, like swimmers who in training, they go just lightning, and the opposite too. Swimmers who you think like, this guy's lazy, because then he goes to the competition and beats everybody, yeah? And uh, I mean, this dynamics, everything you've mentioned for teenagers gets solved very quickly unless in something really major that can also be solved, but it gets solved very quickly. So, so parents should pay attention to this method and they should do it themselves first and then recommend it and, and support their children on, uh, on doing you know, it. Teenagers can, can see, do themselves. Why, why? I'm talking about 14 years old, 15 years old. What? If they have motivation, they would like to, to 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 make to break record for example in sport or to pass good exams without easy okay easier of course it's a, such a motivation the other thing is is that they look much more beautiful well yeah. they do they all look much better looking yeah man boys or girls the face changes the the bone structure comes through they lose their bloating their the quality of their hair gets brighter eyes glittering yes sir Sparkling. Eyes, sparkling. eyes are shining and sparkling it's beauty, it's beauty therapy but also older people i mean my aunts they're in their they're in their 70s and they just they just they look younger and and it goes it's, it's very interesting to observe the progression right because it's so it's the eyes that is the last one so if you have a bit of a puffy eyes that's the last bit that becomes so the whole face kind of changes start kind of shining being younger and then, but still the eyes, you can see they're still a little bit, and then, and then just the whole face uh, becomes more, more luminous, more, more open, mm. brighter, it's, it's, uh, the skin and they, changes. And they attract, they're more attractive. So then of course, uh, an attractive person is, is going to be more successful. They always Absolutely. are. That's right. Yes. When the level of CO2 goes up, level of energy goes up. That's why people want people. Everything about energy, okay. What tells you that your organism is in, in a healthy state is, is the level of energy that you have. Absolutely, it's yes. Not you have, it's not energy leads to some confidential state. You're confident because you've got energy, right? Okay, you can you might fail now, but you know you can repeat tomorrow because you've got energy. Yes. 
Yes, and you don't get... Okay, so you fail an exam, doesn't mean you can't redo it. Yeah, of course. You know, so what? You can just shrug things off much more easily. Yes. Sure, yes. I mean, what about I mean, what about depression and things like that for teenagers? That's that's like a big deal. Oh, that's gone in no time. Mood is much better very quickly, and the, their self worth, their sense of self worth improves, and they're not so bothered about uh, criticism. They don't take things so personally. That's yeah. a sign of an overexcited nervous system. Oh, totally. Yeah. This is absolutely true. The, this is one of the things that I have noticed as an adult man. One of the most noticeable things is uh, in the past, uh, I would already as an adult man in my, in my 30s, I would say something in a party or something. And then I will be like, I will torture myself thinking, oh, maybe I offended somebody and things like that. Yeah. And I don't have that at all anymore. No, there, there's a physiological basis for all those reactions. Well, you're not worried about not being liked. Exactly. It's, it's a big thing because as a teenager, you're terrified that you're not going to be liked and you, you're, you modify your behavior in order to do things in order to get other people's approval. And so as you increase your carbon dioxide level, you're not so concerned about other people's approval and you become more interested in what you're interested in and what, what actually gives you pleasure. And then you actually become much more effective because you're exploring your own skills and you're going to steer yourself in the direction of what you're good at. And you won't be so bothered about taking on things that you're not so good at. You'll have a go anyway. Well, this thing of depression is interesting because one thing I always remember Chris saying, if you think there's something wrong with the world, it means your carbon dioxide levels have dropped. And, you know, often, you know, I wake up in the morning and, you know, with what's going on in the world at the moment and I'm dealing with my allergies again at the moment. I've got all kinds of reasons not to feel good about the world. But I know if I do some practice, I'm going to be all right. You know, and it could even, you could even say to, it would sound unbelievable, but you could say to a teenager who gets depression and anxiety, within 10 minutes, you could get rid of that. Just with a 10-minute practice, you could move it on so that you felt comfortable, relaxed, and at ease. That's all it takes. You tell me even a drug can't do that for you. And this is healthy. You know, there's no side effects to this. You might have to do it again an hour or half an hour even later. But the point is you can get almost instant relief. I don't know anything else that does that. Yes. It's, We're all different. It's about perception of the world. <laughs> How people perceive, okay? And you can change this picture. Yes. You can be glad to to see some butterfly or you, or you, be, you might be upset to lose $1 million dollars. Despite she ten million dollars left, <laughs> you see, it's different the perception. That's it. A very relaxed, very happy person can can face death, even the ultimate loss. And some people, I mean, I've gone through times in my life where I'm, I felt like someone's holding a gun to my head the whole time. And when I was very ill, that's how I felt. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that, that I don't have that experience anymore, but I've been there. You know, and I'm sure a lot of young people are in that situation. Yeah, to, to, to improve or increase composure, self-importance, okay, they need that. Confidence, they need that. They should learn to take a note, of course. So I was talking to a mother about whether or not her kids would be interviewed. And she said that she put it to them and she didn't get any feedback. But what she did get from one of the other mothers in the community was that her daughter finds her children very easy to get on with, that they're kind of sensible, they reason in an orderly way, they can talk to them, they don't do things that upset other people. Yeah, to, what, to my knowledge, I ask many teenagers back, back in old days, right? Who she had high controls, no even aggressive thought, you see. They, they didn't have any aggressive thought. Well, just because I ask people, like teenagers, right? Ask how about to rob somebody, right? To steal something. Why you think about that? Answer was, okay. Why do you think about that? What's the subject? Okay. Different mentality was changed. Way of thinking was changed. Yes. Like, well, they, they, were, they were surprised. Or they, what? What's the question? Stupid question. Before, before they were... I would say hooligans. <laughs> I was a wrestler, right? 
and some police asked me to help some young boys, okay, they were hooligans, but at the same time I knew already Buteka, and I did combine. I trained them such a wrestlers, right? The same time before and after, <laughs> they practiced very hard, okay, easy for them. They were such a characters, all right, hooligans. They're not shy people, right? But age was 12, 13 years old, okay, like this. And after, I, I, I repeated questions. After half year, I again asked the same questions, what I asked before, and they were surprised. What the stupid questions you asked me? But before, it wasn't so stupid questions before, right? Because they did. They stole, they beat people, okay? Hooligans, what? So they, they engaged in, in violence and then they did the method and then later when you asked them there was... Yes. It was outrageous for them to have... Yes, outrageous, yes, precisely. Yeah. What? They forget, for, they did forget, okay, about their past and different mentality, you see. Yeah, that's very interesting because people actually, that, that's actually a very interesting phenomenon because people tend to forget how bad they were feeling before, yeah? So it's like this gradual uh, betterment of their health and uh, unless you kind of have consistently told the story and you purposefully sort of have a memory, it's that like when you have pain, you forget the pain. I guess it's a defense mechanism of the body that uh, doesn't want to remember that, right? But it's, uh, it's very clear that the, the difference is enormous. Uh, that's a very interesting story. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, to me, that's the definition of a, of a genuine cure, if you don't remember that you had a problem. Sure. And, and I often remember saying to students we had that they were complaining about something, and I'd say to them, in a few months' time, you won't even remember you had that. And I'd remind them. And, and they go, yeah, you're right. I, I never think about that anymore. Yeah, I... It's very difficult for me to recall how bad I was. <laughs> I, I see, I'm thinking, oh, I can run all the time, it's no problem, okay. Yeah. I can see shallow people, but no, of course I can recall, right? But it's like, it looks like, okay, in different life, okay, not life of, in life of somebody else. Good. The good thing about that is that what you thought it was normal before, now it becomes completely unacceptable. Absolutely. Some, some people start with a control pause of 12. When they get to 20, they're like a different person. If sure. I get to a control pause of 30, I start feeling it's not okay. Mm -hmm. I, need, I need to raise that. Because I, I, it's just like you get that strange feeling that something's off. Yeah? At 30. But of course, it's, it's, if you're used to a control pause of 12, when you're 20, it's amazing. And once you get to 30, 20 is unacceptable again. And it's, it's like a different, completely different world. What recently, what happened to, okay, some guys broke some tennis rules, right? Whatever. Oh, between, it happened between French guy and French, other French people, right? I was just different nationality, just one person, right? And they began arguing, okay, like, they threat each other, okay, like, oh, I'm going to punch you. And I, I, I saw this situation. I, I began laughing, or I'm sorry. Once the control pause gets as low as 15 seconds, then the level of aggression goes up. Sure. Yeah. Yes, it's fire, fire mechanism, you know, like completely fired up. And you're touching upon something that I think for martial artists, which also many teenagers could get into, which is a really, really good thing. But the ultimate skill is how to avoid conflict, how to not absolutely yes, how to not get into the conflict in the first place, and use your skills only when absolutely necessary. And yes. and if you have that sort of calm center, you're going to be able to to act. Uh, with much more control and rationality in a in a potentially dangerous situation, and not not non being non-reactive is very important because you could have someone like in your face, and you could manage that situation much better because you don't get into their face back and and the, the fight doesn't start, yeah, and and you don't have that sense of pride that comes no. with someone coming at you and you're like, well, why is this person attacking me? I'm gonna attack them. 
no, you know that the best thing is to to get rid of your ego and get out of out of that situation because sure. because you get into a very stupid situation. Yeah, if you, you do you, that, you act uh, with some compassion. Even you you can yeah. beat somebody, but with compassion and just maybe just enough just to stop stop fighting whatever. That's why better go days a guru of Arshomat, first they try to do, they try to uh, minimize ego, to get rid of self-importance of students. That's why students, you see, they washed uh, floors, they cooked <laughs> for teacher, they did everything, okay? Because teacher wanted to humiliate students. After humiliation, usually ego diminished. It's uh, what uh, I know about St. Petersburg, right? People, they, many of them died during siege of Hitler in Germany, right? From starvation. Two million people died, by the way. And who survived? Bloody hell. They don't have ego at all. Now, most of them dead, but back in old days, when I was a teenager, I visited the city, right? And I took eyes with sparkling. They're so kind, smile all the time. What? They went through the hell, and they didn't your, have any ego. Your and mother, no. your mother was was in yes. Leningrad during that time. Was yes, yes, yes. Mother, she loved children. Everyone who she asked her to help, she was ready. Okay, like oh, uh, children. Oh, you you just put your head on somebody, some kid. Oh, it's not good. She she was talking to many many people about that. Like. She had inside big laugh, okay? I don't know how to explain. To everyone, not to me. Sometimes I was, even she I had jealousy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because she sometimes exposed big laugh to somebody else, right? Somebody, some, some kid, okay? I think that's very interesting. So what you're saying is, uh, because there's two possibilities. What you're saying is that people who survived the siege of Leningrad they had certain characteristics that allowed them to survive that were on the side of love, so to say, of acceptance, of, of, of like some, some sort of intrinsic happiness uh, and love for others. Is, is that what you're saying? Or are you no, saying... Look, look, I try to put more details. Yeah. If somebody angry, right, it's difficult for this person to survive because it's going on, it was going on and on. Yeah. People should accept the situation. They should understand. They should die every time, okay? They should understand. Should accept. With big ego, it's impossible to accept. They should, okay, should get rid of even personality. Like, yes, okay, I'm, I'm ready to die. I'm nobody. It's, I'm not important person, right? Many people think like this. I'm very important person, okay? Particularly teenagers. Yes? They don't have, they are not wise. Uh, this method can you see diminish uh, any ego the siege of leningrad lasted 872 days yes and i forget how many people maybe two million or whatever they died so i mean those that survived would have conserved all their energy and they would have developed their core energy and uh, it's interesting because when you meet people that have been through that kind of extreme experience, they come through as radiant people quite often because yeah. they give up altogether. They're, they're not trying to prove anything. Cause no. That's what I was going to ask because... They are impartial, they are indifferent to bad things and they just looking for good, okay? Yeah. They don't blame anyone, okay? Like, no, they were just, they, yeah. they like this moment of life, that's it. Yeah, I had a great uncle who went through the whole First World War, went through all the battles, major battles. And my, he used to drive my father mad because he had no ambition at all, as my father was quite ambitious. And so after the war, his attitude was, I'm just going to live every day, which meant he didn't work very much. So everybody in the family had to give him money and look after his farm for him. Because he just, he was, like we were talking earlier, looking at the butterflies, going to the yeah. pub, having a beer, having a laugh with his friends. It, it completely made him someone who just lived in the moment. Because he'd, yes. been looking, he'd seen so much death 
and he'd had to face his own death every day, not knowing if he's going to survive to the evening. And that was for four years. At the end of it, he had no ego and he had no interest in past or future. He was just, he lived every day as if it was his last. The, the irony was his nickname was Tiger. He's known as Uncle Tiger. And, uh, and he had tattoos and stuff in the days when only soldiers and sailors had tattoos. But apparently he was a real warrior in the war, but he was this, everybody said he was the most gentle human being after the war. You know, that's what it made him. It made him a very calm person. Good. Um, that, that was great. Very interesting conversation. Not just about teenagers, but so much, right? Even about Leningrad and how to survive a siege when it's coming. If you want to, to learn more about the method, you can go to the website www.learnbutekoonline.net where you can find uh, all the courses, all the webinars. You can make a webinar, you can attend a webinar for free. And you can also go to the YouTube channel of learnbuteco.com. Also, Martha Rose's channel is full of testimonials of what the method can do for you. And thank you so much to each and every one of you, Vladimir, Martha, Joe, also Irini and Christopher. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you, Javier. Thank you, Martha, Joseph. Thank you. See you next time. Bye bye. And do not miss our next episode where we are going to talk with two teenagers who have actually done the method themselves and they're going to give us their perspective on what the method has done for them. Until then... Stay classy, San Diego. Oh, <laughs> no!